0: This episode is brought to you by Paycor, the HR and payroll software made for leaders. It's never been harder to recruit, hire, and engage workers. That's why HR leaders and frontline managers depend on Paycor for all things people management, from onboarding and performance reviews to compensation and benefits. Learn more at paycor.com/leaders. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring Welcome. We have been expecting you. (laughs) The Chaotic Sports Podcast is underway. Take cover. You've been warned. Let's get chaotic, y'all. and good afternoon everybody welcome to today's episode of the chaotic sports podcast i'm your host and content creator patrick brown and the chaotic sports podcast is being presented to you by the grid sports podcast network if you have not please uh subscribe to the podcast platform please do so by going to your podcast platform and subscribing to the grid sports podcast network along with our youtube channel and please follow us on our socials on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and you can also follow myself, uh, the Chaotic Sports Podcast Sports page on Instagram, and as long uh, along with me on Twitter at chaotic p. And you should see the podcast logo in the profile picture. A lot to get into today, uh, a lot to digest, and what's been chaos incorporated in the world of sports. So without further ado, let's go over our topics for today. Uh, the New York Jets fly high over the Buffalo Bills last week in a home win over division rival uh, Buffalo. And what could be cause for concern for the for the uh, Buffalo Bills moving forward and what this means for the New York Jets going into the, uh, the second half of the season after their bye week is concluded. Detroit malls Green Bay in a rare home win and who would have thought that the Detroit Lions would beat the Green Bay Packers in a very low scoring game and why Aaron Rodgers is a good vast majority of the blame for the Packers shortcomings this season I'll explain that here shortly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rallied late to beat the defending Super Bowl champion LA Rams in what was a back and forth game at, at, along with It being a punt uh, festival between the two, between the two kickers. Enough from the clown. This particular individual kind of rubbed me the wrong way this week. Stick around for that. We've got the chaotic truth is a new team this week who stooped to a new low. And I'll explain why. And we've got our week 10 picks as well. A lot to get into. Um... No NBA topics today, I, I discussed at length with the Brooklyn Nets last week, but whenever we get to Enough from the Clown, that, that'll be our, uh, our one and only NBA topic, I take that back, we do have the NBA topic in uh, Enough from the Clown, and of course, you know, a lot going on, but without further ado, uh, let's get the show started. Our first topic on deck today. The New York Jets get a big divisional win against the Buffalo Bills last week in what was a very interesting, intriguing game for the most part. I've got some cause for concerns for the Buffalo Bills moving forward. I believe without a consistent run game, the Buffalo Bills are going to find themselves in situations that they're not going to be able to get out of. The reason I say that is that the Buffalo Bills rely too heavily on Josh Allen. And he's dealing with a, an elbow injury right now. And he's playing through it as we speak uh, against the Minnesota Vikings today. But my cause for concern is can this team run the football when it matters, and in order for them to get to the Super Bowl. They've got to have that consistency. Relying too much on Josh Allen is going to be detrimental for this team if they can't run the football. Credit their defense is is fairly good, and that's a bright spot, but Josh Allen's elbow injury is going to be, can they manage it? Can Buffalo's medical staff manage it to where he can still play on a week-to-week basis? Because as it stands right now, they still hold the, the keys to being the number one seed in the AFC right now. With the uh, head-to-head matchup of Kansas City, which they won a few weeks ago. But back to this game in general. If I'm not mistaken, that makes two games, two weeks in a row where Josh Allen's threw costly interceptions that's been turning points of the game. The New York Jets are a sneaky, good football team right now, and here's why. The defense is really, really good. Robert Shala has done a sensational job in his second season as the head coach of the New York Jets establishing this this identity with the defense. Sauce Gardner is as good as advertised. Jermaine Johnson has been really good. This New York Jets team has been able to keep Zach Wilson out of harm's way. And that's the biggest, you know, glare for me with this team right now is the Jets. uh, Quarterback play. Zach Wilson, as long as he doesn't have to play from behind, this team can go places. Sauce Gardner, as you know, I discussed with my my podcast brother, Bryson Carver from the uh, Carving It Up podcast. Shout out to him, my, my grid teammate. We did an IG live last week, and I think we, we have both agreed that Sauce Gardner is going to be the unanimous defensive rookie of the year. There's no other player in the league right now in the rookie class on the defensive side of the ball that's having a pretty good start their career outside of Sauce Gardner. I was a little skeptical of the pick because I felt like the Jets, if they were really going to make a move in the draft, go for the best player available, and they got the best player available in Sauce Gardner. Because if you take a corner like that in the draft, some of them pan out and some don't. But hopefully for the sake of Sauce Gardner, that it works out for him in New York, because he feels like he's a, a cornerstone player for this team moving forward, but the the Bills, there's they've got to make some, I'm kind of shocked that they didn't really make a splashy move at the trade deadline, I mean, they traded for Naheem Himes from the Colts, but Devin Singletary is a little bit better running back than Naheem is, but the Buffalo Bills will go as far as Josh Allen can take them. They've still got Stephon Diggs, you know, one of the best receivers of football. Dawson Knox, pretty good offensive line. Uh, Gabe Davis. But th- this team, it, heaven forbid, if something happens to Josh Allen, he has to miss some time. That's going to be very, very unfortunate for a team that had has their uh, hindsight set on getting to Arizona for the Super Bowl. Nevertheless, it was a very uh, exciting game, entertaining for the most part. I know the Jets fans, uh, shout out to my guys, uh, Albert Parshar Jr. from the Rocket Field Podcast, also a great teammate, uh, John Rivera and Henny Dre from the Fan Perspective Podcast. I know those guys are ecstatic that you know the Jets have a winning season right now because it's been a while since you know the Jets have been And playoff contention, I think, since 2015, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been about seven seasons they've had went through coaches and quarterbacks and trading away players. And it feels like they've got a model of consistency right now with Robert Shalem. they're right in the thick of the AOC playoff race right now. With two divisional wins over Miami and Buffalo, that's huge. So big ups to the Jets you you've got yourself a a pretty good team can you go on the road in the playoffs to win a a playoff game in uh Kansas City or in Tennessee because that's more than likely you're gonna have to you're gonna have to travel and I, I I believe with that with their defense I I think they anything's possible could we see an upset with the New York Jets? beating a Tennessee Titans or, say, the Baltimore Ravens or Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs, whoever comes out of the AFC North at the three seed, it is a very strong possibility. Maybe it's just an overreaction, but this Jets team is sneaky good right now. And hopefully when they come off for their bye next week and kick off the second half of the season, that they don't lose that momentum because I know the Jets fans have been waiting forever to have, you know, to be considered a playoff contender. And this could be the the leap year that they do it. I just question Zach Wilson. That's the only thing that I, I have for the Jets fans. Are you confident in, uh, you're confident, are you confident in, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, being able to play, a road playoff game and play a pretty clean game without turning a ball over and, and your defense has got to bail him out. The biggest blow for this team right now is when, uh, Brees, Reese Hall went down with the, with the ACL injury, uh, two, three weeks ago in Denver. That was the big blow, but they went out and, you know, traded for, uh, Robinson, James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars to kind of keep their run game afloat. I, you know what I'm saying. I I still believe that the Jets are going to be a tough out in the postseason if they can get there, because if they get that five or six seed, that's those one of the, the one of the two seeds that you really you really had to pay attention to because of the matchup. Because if they have to travel to uh, Baltimore or Cincinnati, whoever wins that AFC North, uh, they're they're likely going to have to you know rely on their defense. If Tennessee is pretty much likely got the AOC South in the wraps right now, they could be a four seed, and I think that would be a very interesting matchup between two intriguing teams that are Tennessee being well coached, and the Jets are starting to fight, get some traction, you know, in, on the on the in the run game as well as their defense, because Ryan Tannehill is not going to blow you away. With his arm. They have the 31st ranked passing offense right now as it stands. So that would be the advantage to the Jets. You know with Sauce Gardner back there. In the secondary going up against Robert Woods. But nevertheless. Jets fans I, I tip my hat to you right now midway through the season. I, I wouldn't think that I would be sitting here at my humble loft. Talking about the New York Jets being a a playoff contender right now as it stands in the AFC and pretty much, and still in the thick of it in the AFC East division, you know, to try to get, you know, they've already beat Buffalo and Miami, but you're not out of it in that division. So, uh, my hat off, my hats off to you. Uh, like once, once again, shout out to you know John Rivera, Henny Dre, and Alfred Parshard Jr., who are you know diehard Jets fans, and hopefully. In the next three or four weeks, we'll probably come revisit this this uh conversation about are are the Jets still considered a threat in the AFC right now as it stands, you know, you know, as we get through the midway part of the season. A lot of football left to be played, but you're sitting in a pretty good spot right now in the AFC as far as you know getting to the playoffs. As for Buffalo, a lot of work to be done. Because like I said, yeah, I hope you have a backup plan. In your quarterback room, if something were to happen to Josh Allen, Josh Allen goes down. That number one seed becomes a a two or a three, if not losing the AFC East as a whole. But you've you've got to get be able to run the football, and Josh Allen has to start playing more consistent consistency consistently on offense as far as throwing the football. Nevertheless, Sean McDermott is still a pretty good coach. Robert Shala, is, could he be coach of the year? It's, it's. I wouldn't rule that out right now. The Jets are really flying high, and it's, it's good that the, the three teams in the state of New York all have winning records right now with the Giants, Jets, and the Buffalo Bills. New York Empire state of mind. I can't remember the last time all three teams had winning records. It's, it's been some years, but it's a great day if you're in you know, if you live in the state of New York, I know your basketball teams ain't gave you much to cheer about, but you've got your football teams that are doing really good. Uh hockey's underway with uh the Islanders and uh see the Rangers are in New York as well. So I know the Yankees and the the Mets were disappointments this year. Sorry, Barry and and Alfred, that your uh, your teams did not advance to the World Series because I know I, I was really looking forward to a Mets Yankees World Series, but that's a topic for another day whenever we get to the MLB offseason with you know the biggest domino being Aaron Judge, where he's going to land. But back to football. Go Jets. Detroit. The Detroit Lions Maul, the Green Bay Packers in Ford Field last week. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers is just a bad quarterback right now. He's not the bad man as he once was. I I don't think anybody's scared of Aaron Rodgers right now. The guy has literally threw every, every teammate and coach under the bus except himself. Here's one thing I will say. The Green Bay Packers in general, if you listen to my show from a couple weeks ago and they chaotic truth is, they're going to blow this team up. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be the first player that's going to be moved. And if he retires, great. If not, he wants to keep playing. I believe they were trading. I applaud the wide receivers for pushing back on Aaron Rodgers. Reason why? They're tired of being the scapegoats. It's not... Their fault that Aaron has no chemistry with them? If you would have told me that the receivers on their roster week one with Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, who's a rookie, Romeo Dobbs, and uh, I can't think of it. Tunyon, yeah, Robert Tunyon was going to be, was going to replace, you know, Devontae Adams, the number one receiver in football. I would have looked at you and laughed. There's no way that you could have convinced me that those guys was going to give you equal production as Devontae Adams did. It wasn't going to work. The Green Bay Packers screwed themselves. Why? They pushed all their chips to the middle of the table for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is at the very end of his career. He's not the same quarterback. Those That three-year stretch from 2019... 2020 and last season, that was it for Aaron Rodgers, as we seen in the Detroit Lions game last week. It was a hot mess. There was so much grated cheese all over four field. You could have you could have melted and had you some nacho cheese with some chips or something, because that's how bad it was. I had never seen Aaron Rodgers in all the years of watching football just look completely lost. Red zone, they were turning the ball over in the red zone. They had injury galore last week. Aaron Jones, Rashawn Gray, uh, a couple of other players. The Green Bay Packers are in trouble because they have nothing left. All they've got is Aaron Rodgers. Matt LaFleur starting to be questioned as far as can he be a, is he a head coach? And We've seen that this year. He abandons the run until about the second half, and then he wants to run the football. Aaron Jones is likely not playing today against the Dallas Cowboys. They have A.J. Dillon that will probably get the nod to go. It's The Green Bay Packers, to me, are just, they're, they've went south real quick. It went sailed way down south very quickly. It's, it's to a point now, The Green Bay Packers, they're they're not going to make the playoffs. I said this a couple weeks ago. They're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. They're going to draft a quarterback. If you believe that Jordan Love is a quarterback of the future, it's not happening. Go get your quarterback in this this upcoming draft to build and build some confidence with him. I would keep Jordan Love around as an insurance policy, but you gave Aaron Rodgers $200 million and... And this is probably the last year on that deal, because he went back to back peas and used that as leverage. This this team right now is not the team everybody thought they were going to be to start the season. All I heard was Aaron Rodgers. You know they still got Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur. You know they can make it work. Aaron Rodgers is not Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Eli Manning. Philip Rivers, guys who could work with receivers by committee and make it work. Those quarterbacks built a built chemistry with their receiving core and their tight ends. Not Aaron Rodgers, that's not his thing. If you're a quarterback of a team, you should want to build a relationship with your receiving core so you can, you know, help them develop and help them, you know, adjust to the game where you want them to be and the, on the exact spot on the field when the ball is thrown in their direction. You don't throw them under the bus because they're not making catches. What about you as a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers? you got to look at yourself in the mirror, and it starts with you. Your head coach is looking dumber and dumber each week. And like I said, the Packers organization is going to evaluate this roster along with the head coach. Letting go of Darius Smith was the one of the dumbest moves that the Packers ever done. He's in Minnesota flourishing in that defense. But back to the, to the game in general, the Detroit Lions hung in there. I give them credit. I, I really do. I, I honestly believe that Detroit, out of all teams that are having a pretty bad season, beat a, a division rival in Green Bay. You could say that's their their playoff game. Because they haven't been in the playoffs since 2016, if I'm not mistaken. That was a playoff game for them. Anytime you, they get matched up against Green Bay, it's a moral victory if they can win it. As bad as Green Bay was, some of uh, what I've seen on social media has said, well, you know, Aaron just had a bad day at the office. He's had five weeks in a row where it's been a bad day at the office. How many more excuses are y'all going to keep giving Aaron Rodgers? He's not the bad man that he once was. Nobody's scared of him. He's not an intimidating player no more. The league has finally caught up with him. The quarterback's play is getting younger and faster. Aaron Rodgers can't adapt. He can't stand back and extend plays like he used to. Devontae Adams is gone. They underachieved those, you know, from 2019 to 2021. The Packers underachieved, but you still had Aaron Rodgers. What more needs to be said? Now, if you would have had and went out and made an aggressive offer at the trade deadline, which they did for for Chase Claypool, and the Steelers said no. If you went out and got Chase Claypool, yeah, you would have, you know, extended maybe... To keep your playoff hopes alive, but I have a bad feeling that the Packers' playoff hopes are going to end today against my Cowboys whenever we get to our Week 10 picks. Nevertheless, the Detroit Lions, my hats off to you for beating your division rival in what was an ugly game from start to finish. Moving on to arguably the game of the week that being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams and what was a a punters festival. I tweeted this out. These punters are going to have enough yards that will equal total yards for the offense. The Rams had that one big play with Cooper Rush, and that's it. The Buccaneers struggled to run the football, but they kept running it. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League, only needed a game-winning drive to put the Rams away. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Brady is, is just one of those players, like he's the last of the quarterbacks. The very last. He's the last man standing. 45 years old. 23rd season. I mean, what what more can you say about the cyborg in the NFL? He's defeated father time. On that game-winning drive, for whatever reason, he threw a beautiful ball to Scottie Miller and he dropped it in the end zone. He, Tom Brady didn't sink. He didn't slump over like Aaron Rodgers does. the re- The receiving core said, "We still believe in you, Tom. We still believe in you, regardless of how bad we're playing. Get w- w- we gonna get there." That's one thing that I can say about Tom Brady. This game just went back and forth, back and forth, three and out, three and out, three and out. You get some positive yardage on the Buccaneers' side of the of the ball, and then there would be a holding penalty. As bad as these offenses look, I was happy for the Buccaneers to have finally, you know, started to find their footing a little bit. Tom Brady's been struggling. This team has been struggling, but they've hung in there. That's credit to the resiliency of this team, despite all the distractions with Tom Brady's personal life. They've had injuries from top to bottom. The receivers being in and out of the lineup, Offensive line being banged up. Defense. But somehow, someway, TB12 found a way to rally this team and the ugliest way to pull off a win. Matthew Stafford. Wow. I really don't know what to say about Matthew Stafford. This Rams team, Super Bowl hangover is real. And here's why. If you listened to my segment last week, I believe I talked about the you know the Los Angeles Rams. You no, know, the chaotic truth is, the Rams to me it looks like they've that the done ran its course with you know Sean McVay and Jer, uh, not Jared Goff, uh, Matthew Stafford, and the, this this team. They've got a lot of they got more questions than answers at this point. It's usually the, the loser of the Super Bowl who has the hangover but it's the winner on this occasion. Aaron Donald wasn't much of a factor to my knowledge, but he did have the sack on Tom Brady when they, when the Buccaneers went for it, it as they was marching down the field instead of, you know, punting the ball. Nevertheless, that was the only highlights that the Rams had. As I said, and I've been saying it, I'm going to keep saying it, the Rams trading Robert Woods was the biggest mistake that they made this past offseason. Not trying to re-sign Odell Beckham Jr. has been somewhat of a mistake as well. My Cowboys are in hot pursuit, but that's yet to be seen if we're going to make a move over the next couple weeks to try to, you know, get him to Dallas, which will likely be discussed next week or the week after, probably over the Thanksgiving holiday break whenever he makes his decision on where he wants to go and I'll probably have it on my show. The Los Angeles Rams, their playoff hinges, their playoff season and hopes hinge on this game that's coming up today against the Los Angeles uh, against the Arizona Cardinals, in which they are at home with no Matthew Stafford, and the Arizona Cardinals going to be without Kyler Murray, so they're starting their backups. It's going to be a very interesting. game second half of the season for the Los Angeles Rams. Like I said, I don't believe they make the playoffs. I honestly don't. The Buccaneers, and I got to thinking about this over the course of, you know, seven, eight days, and I did my uh, IG Live with with Bryson, and he had, had posed the question if the Buccaneers are the four seed who would you uh who would you rather Dallas play the buccaneers or or cut curs uh the vikings and i went out on a limb and said tampa bay because if you're going to put yourself in a position to make a run at a super bowl you want to go out and send go out against you know the tampa bay buccaneers and tom brady that's the player you want to go up against but now that i think about it I believe I'd much rather have Kirk Cousins because what do we know about Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins does not play well in big games when it's time to deliver. Yes, he's having a good season, but we all know Kirk Cousins does Kirk Cousins things in big moments. Tom Brady would be the one player that would still strike fear in you because... You know what he's capable of doing. You don't leave him too much time on the clock. Regardless of how the game is going, the Buccaneers are going to keep running the football and they're going to put Tom Brady in the best position to convert easy second and third downs in order to keep you know, the possessions alive. What's one thing that the Cowboys can't do right now? Stop the run. And when I think about it, since that week one matchup in which Dallas lost to uh, Tampa Bay 19-3, the Buccaneers were beatable, and just watching their, over the last, you know, 10 weeks from week one all the way up to now, they, they're they beatable, but they still have that 45-year quarterback under center who has seen it all and been through it all throughout his career. That's the only thing we're to get working against the Dallas Cowboys right now if they were to match up in a 4-5 or five seed. That's the one team that can be scary is the Buccaneers. If you can beat them in a, if you can beat them in the playoffs, so be it. But just know that Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr is going to give you everything he's got at this state of stage of his career. It's something that I've thought about over the last few weeks, a few days, and I would not Want to go up against TB twelve in the playoffs if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, but if that happens to be the case, just let just go and let the chips fall where they may. Because you, you can't pick where you want to play in the postseason. You have to play the the team that that you draw and whoever wins that division. Because it looks like the Buccaneers can't win the NFC South and host a playoff game. But being that five seed is kind of a that's a tough draw for for anybody to have to go to Tampa Bay and play the Buccaneers, and we know what Tom Brady's capable of. That's just something that I'm keeping in the back of my my mind as the season goes along. But the Rams, this is it. I it's like I said, I think they blow this team up, and it's going to start with Aaron Donald, and then Jalen Ramsey, and then some other players in order to get themselves under the cap. The Buccaneers. Yeah, anything can happen right now. They got Tom Brady seems to be in good spirits. Now the team to, you know, find their traction. It's not pretty football and they're going to be in a lot of games where they're going to have to, you know, Tom Brady's going to keep them afloat. But this defense did enough to beat the Los Angeles to help beat the Los Angeles Rams. But we shall see what happens with both of these teams moving forward. And I'm here for it as we're at the sitting at the halfway, a little bit past the halfway point of the 2022 NFL season. The Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee Titans last Sunday night. Wow. I was hoping that tennis, that uh Kansas City was gonna drop 40 points on the Tennessee Titans. That game too was very interesting. The Chiefs cannot run the football. Number one. Number two, they're too reliant on Patrick Mahomes. Threw the ball 68 times. That's not ideal for success in the postseason. You can get away with that in the regular season. But when you get to the postseason, that's not going to fly well. I was shocked that the Tennessee Titans stayed in this game as long as they did. Patrick Mahomes doesn't have that touchdown and the two-point conversion. The Tennessee Titans are squeaking out of there with a big road win this early this midway in the season. Derrick Henry did Derrick Henry things. But Malik Willis, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know why Mike Vrabel did not want Malik out there throwing the football around. To so that is something that I can't really wrap my head around, but I know it's his first career start. But I, I thought they'd be a little bit more creative and try to get him, you know, more involved in the offense, you know, get him on some bootlegs and, you know, just playing the short field because if you were gonna beat the Chiefs, I, I think that's the way you were gonna have to do it. This Chiefs defense, I tell you what, this this secondary is gonna be the doom of the Kansas City Chiefs. As great as Mahomes is with Travis Kelsey, it felt like Andy Reid got out coached by Mike Vrabel. It really did. Because the Titans, they they kept they kept punching and they kept punching until they just ran out of steam and the game went to overtime and the Buccaneer or the not the Buccaneers, the Chiefs won twenty to seventeen. You can get by playing like that in the regular season for either team. But when you get to the postseason, you're going to put up some points. Tennessee, to me, did not really address the, the weakest part of their team, which is the receiving core. A.J. Brown went got traded to Philadelphia. They brought in Robert Woods, but it's Derrick Henry or bust with this team. They know who they are. They know what their identity is. and That's running the football, playing good defense. They're well coached. Ryan Tannehill is not going to get you to the AFC Championship game, not with no real number one receiver. You can rely on your defense and Derek Henry starting to get his footing back. You know, coming off of that, you know, the broken foot from last year, he's starting to look like himself again. But Ryan Tannehill and his passing. Uh, offense which is ranked dead last in the NFL at that 31st. They're going to have to make some major changes in the in with their roster personnel next next year. They've got to go get them a number 1 receiver. As I always say, if you've got a quarterback and you know he's your guy, go get him a number 1 receiver. They had the number 1 in AJ Brown, but he went to Philly because Tennessee wasn't going to, you know, give him the contract that he wanted. So they traded him to Tennessee, or to Philadelphia, and he got the contract. The The only thing the Titans have working for them is playing in the AFC South, which they're likely going to win. The Kansas City Chiefs, on the other hand, they've got some more work to do. They've got to clean up some things, and it starts with their, their run game. They've got to give Patrick Mahomes a running game. The, the passing game is, is, is where it needs to be. There's nothing wrong with that, but that but their run game. Your, your running backs didn't even crack, not even, you know, 20 yards on the ground last week, it's combined between uh, Edwards Hilaire and Jarek McKinnon, and uh, the other running back that they had, 14 yards, I believe, was all they had on the ground. That's it, minus what Patrick Mahomes did in the run game. But man, that's that's the one area of weakness on the offense in the Chiefs' offense is the run game. Travis Kelsey had a little bit of an off night. Um, this this defense is their front's pretty good, but the secondary still is still spotty. Nevertheless, the Chiefs I think they'll be okay moving forward. But Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball sixty eight times is not ideal for success in the NFL because when you have to when you're when you need him when the games are pretty tight, his arm is gonna have to be, you know, put you over the hump. And if his arm is worn down, it's a disaster. And I think that sport we're gonna likely see when we get to the postseason, as sensational as he is as an as an athletic quarterback the defenses are going to key in on, you know, making it that much more difficult for him. And I have a feeling, and I said this weeks ago, whenever the Chiefs and Bills played in Kansas City and Buffalo won, whoever wins that game is likely going to be in the uh be the AFC uh representative in the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs will have Play we'll have two home games in the wildcard round and divisional round, and if they get to the AFC Championship game, they would have to travel to Buffalo. A lot can change between week 10 and the AFC Championship game. We all know that. Change is inevitable in NFL because it's any given week that any team that doesn't care about records or injuries or anything like that, they can go somewhere on the road and come into your house and beat you. That's the only thing worked against the Kansas City Chiefs right now: the injuries and that one team that's going to you give your run for it. Nevertheless, the Titans they have nothing to be ashamed of. They kept it pretty close. I just hated that Malik Willis only didn't throw the ball a whole lot, and you know Derek Henry did his thing, but they've got to work on their their passing uh, attack for for the most part. I think they're in a good spot. Their defense is going to do what they normally do. They're well coached. They're prepared very well each week. The Tennessee Titans go as far as the defense takes them. Now, to our next segment, which most of my listeners love. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. It is Enough from the Clown. And this week, our team and our recipient is, is a team, the home state team. And I. this, this was kind of intriguing for me because I felt like this was uncalled for. But as you all know, it's the business of the NFL. I'm going to explain why. This, this particular team is this week's winner for Enough from the Clown. You know I got to have my guy, Michael J. White, introduce this segment. Go ahead, Mike. Introduce him. Enough from the Clown. Enough from the Clown. All right. Well, I got my words tangled up a little bit. Enough from the Clown. This individual rubbed me the wrong way. There's a whole lot of stuff that I can tolerate when people get on television and talk. If truth be told, Stephen A. Smith is this week's recipient for Enough from the Clown. And here's why. Stephen A. Smith, you know, is on First Take. You know, it's his show on ESPN. And they were discussing the... Brooklyn Nets coaching situation. As I was preparing for this show and got to looking around the world of sports, you know, between the NFL and the NBA, Stephen A. Smith had the audacity to say, quote, it's Kyrie Irving's fault that Ime Udoka is not the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets right now. End quote. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the dumbest thing I've heard Stephen A. Smith say, if not one of many. Here's why it's Eme Udoka's fault he's not the head coach of the Boston Celtics right now. It's Eme Udoka's fault Eme is not on the sidelines with the team that he led the NBA Finals this past offseason against the Golden State Warriors who was the eventual champion. There was going to be even more backlash if the Brooklyn Nets had hired Emei Udoka. You know why? I believe female staffers in the organization in the midst of everything that's going on right now with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and this whole this, the, the whole organization there were some female staffers that said, you hire Emei Yudoka, we're out of here. And I applaud the women for telling the Nets organization, do not hire Emei Yudoka. Why? The backlash that was going to follow. You saw what transpired in Boston. You're already dealing with adversity with Kyrie Irving and trying to get him to get his self together and it's it's becoming more stranger every day with Kyrie and the Nets and where they stand on this this whole this whole situation with you know the 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 post that he had on his social media he apologized and everybody in the league from certain talking heads have said you know that he's apologized what the Brooklyn Nets are doing to him right now as far as his checklists. It's too much, it's too excessive. I'm not here to say neither it's here or there, but it's it's more anxiety than I want to deal with and try to break down. I'll leave that for your your talking heads to you know to figure that out. But back to the lecture at hand, as the great snoop dog once said, the Brooklyn Nets got their guy in Jacques Vaughn as the head coach. May Doka would have come in there. And I guarantee you the first few games he was there, would be the coach to run a practice, I believe him and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant would have a falling out in no time flat. It's, it's one thing to say who you would like to see as a head coach, but it's another to bring up a coach who had a consensual affair with a female staffer with another organization. You want to bring that to your to your team? Nah, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't have went for it. And I said that last week. Everything that's going on, that would be the worst thing they can do. Let's just go ahead and add diesel fuel to what's already engulfed in flames. I'm surely people, the citizens in New York that live in, in uh Queens and Manhattan and Times Square, they can see that flame from a mile away. Even the diehard Nets fans in Jersey can see it. Did you really want to do that? I don't think so. I applaud the women for standing up in that particular situation. That's probably what's not being reported. But I have a gut feeling that's what they likely said. You hire Ime Yudoka, Josai, and Sean Marks, we're out of here. And I don't blame them. Would you have liked to come to work every day and walk on eggshells for around a coach whose behavior is known to the media? And If it happened once, it was likely going to happen again. So I stand with the women in this particular situation because their voices were heard. And I sat here at my humble loft and said, There's going to be some backlash if Emei was hired. Women, I applaud you. The women in the Brooklyn Nets organization, I applaud you. Stephen A. Smith, shame on you for even uttering Emei Udoka should be the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and shame on you for saying for throwing Kyrie Irving under the bus by saying it's Kyrie Irving's fault that Emei Udoka is not the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Again. It's E. May's issue that he's not the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Moving on. Because the Brooklyn Nets are only, they're just on a path, of, they're already self-destructed. We don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving. And I just have a gut feeling that there's going to be some legal issues that's going to, you know, Surface here for long Because it just feels like to me That Something's coming I don't know what it is But in the world of sports There's chaos And there's going to be some Some very interesting Nuggets that are going to Rear their heads And it's going to be ugly It's going to be a nice serving A nice platter of chicken nuggets that's going to appear with the Brooklyn Nets. I just hope that they have the sauce to dip them in because if not, it's going to get spicy real quick. The diesel fuel is only going to add more flames to an engulfed franchise. It is going to be the talk of sports, which it already is. How's this team going to function and what's this team going to look like when Kyrie Irving comes back? How is Jacques Vaughn going to, you know, re, you know, keep his keep this team in check? It's going to be about Kyrie. All eyes are on Kyrie. But I just have a feeling that Kyrie is going to be missing more games than what, we, than what was initially reported last week with five. He met with the commissioner, met with the Nets organization it's just a lot to really digest and hopefully there's a resolution for all this I don't know if Kyrie's going to retire but I have a feeling that he's just going to stand pat on where he is right now on what he believes in and how he feels about what's going on in the world I do not condone any kind of hate speech anything pertaining to anti-Semitic films, books. There's enough hate in our society that it just, it fuels anger and rage in other communities. And it's just sad. I know I talked at length on this last week, the week before, and I'll say it again. There is no room for hate, Towards one another and any race. I walk up all walks of life. I'll be your friend, but just don't throw me under the bus or stab me in the back. Because once you do that, you you lose that trust. It's it's a wrap. You have to re you have to re earn that. I, I'm not gonna give it to you anymore. It's just sad that this is the reality that we live in and everybody Is seeing what's going on. Kyrie Irving isn't a unique individual. He says some outlandish stuff. But this is one of the issues that won't go away anytime soon. I don't know what the initial reaction is going to be from the league and from the NBA fans. I've been seeing stuff on social media of, you know, you should boycott the NBA until Kyrie comes back. What, what does that solve? The NBA still going to go on. They're starting to get their the their, their ratings and everything. Everybody's still going to buy team merchandise. You can boycott Nike. Doesn't matter. Nike's still going to go on. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in our society. Kyrie Irving is just the tip of the iceberg of what's really going on. Sadly, I hear people talking about boycotting the NBA and nike but you'll still be lined up to go get you know the the latest pair off-white retro air forces that are released on on the uh, sneaker apps you'll still be lined up to go get retro jordans whenever they release at the online and at the retail stores so technically you're not boycotting nike not only that the three major sports have Nike uh, apparel deals with being the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball. So anytime you buy something that's that's Nike, you're not boycotting it because it's got the swoosh on there. So Stephen A. Smith, shame on you for for throwing Kyrie under the bus. Shame on ESPN for letting that you know get out like that on live television. If if somebody can any you know, this is one thing I've noticed, and I'm trying to get back on on topic here and can move on with the show. Analysts and commentators get on camera and say anything. I did see something, I think it was last week or the week before. Jalen Rose is on the NBA countdown show on ESPN, and he had asked why hasn't the the female's name been made known to the public? You no know, sooner he said that, it was about ten fifteen minutes later, he came back with an apology. On 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 his reason why the female victim had not the female had not been named and made be known to the to the to the media who this this woman was who whom email Yudoka had a consensual relationship with again freedom of speech has consequences freedom of speech you have to be careful because in the society we live in with cancel culture anything you say or do could be used against you you work for a corporation or a company and you're posting hate speech You're alienating, you know, other walks of life. You're poking fun at a particular individual for something that can be used against you. It's a very, very uh, thin sheet of ice to skate on. Because once it's cracked and you fall through it, nobody's going to save you. It's one thing that I've learned over the years is understanding what to say, and how to say it without being too aggressive with it. As I'm sitting here in my humble loft and breaking, trying to break this chaos down and from Enough from the Clown, a lot goes through my mind whenever I put this topic together. I go through and prep in my mind what to say, how I'm going to say it, and hopefully that I can make sense of it. That's the point of preparation. You just can't get behind a microphone or in front of a camera and have misleading information about something where you're going to have more opinions than facts. What Stephen A. Smith did was uncalled for. Everybody has been in upward the NBA over what happened with Emei Udoka and the particular female staffer in Boston. And for you to get on camera and say that, Stephen A, that's one topic that I had to disagree with him on. It's not another player's fault that he's not the head coach for the team that and that wanted to hire him. He may put himself in that situation. He issued his apology. We've moved on, and hopefully that is a lesson learned for everybody involved. Please do not, I repeat, do not get into workplace relationships. They do not end well. Be be mindful of this particular matter and let it be a teaching moment. If every analyst had more facts than opinions, they would be enjoyable to watch. That's why I like watching undisputed with Skip and Shannon. They're a great dynamic duel. they, they complement one another. You've got the players' perspective and you've got the Voice of Reason and Shannon Sharp along with Skip Bayless and the years of being around athletes and teams and you know that's over you know 45 years or so of, of following of covering you know NBA uh, Major League Baseball and uh, the NFL. That's the kind of show that entertains me, and I'm intrigued by it. And it's it's I learn something every day. First take since Max Kellerman left, Stephen A. Smith has no real debate partner. It's just a mashup of of commentators and former players, and outside of their Monday show with Michael Irvin with the uh, the recap of the NFL games, is the only the only day of the week that's worth you know watching clips of his Monday, but through the rest of the week, I, I can't really get down with it because it, it just feels like Stephen A. is just more opinionated than facts on certain occasions, but what he said about Ime Yudoka uh, and Kyrie Irving the other day is was the reason that I picked him for this particular segment of Enough From the Clown, and rightfully so because... It was uncalled for. It was out of line and out of bounds. I would have threw a yellow flag. Any female in the in that uh, in the ESPN studios, especially Mo- Molly kirim the great Molly kirim who's the moderator of First Take. She uses she uses a lot more expressions than words on certain occasions. That was would have been one of those eye rolling moments for me along with uh, Malika Andrews, who's been very outspoken about this particular situation. There's just certain things that Stephen A. says that I don't agree with, and this was definitely one of them. It's not Kyrie's fault that Emei Udoka is not the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. It's Emei Udoka's fault he's not the coach of the Boston Celtics. Let's get that clear. Now that that's been said, let's move on to the chaotic truth is this episode is brought to you by paycor Paycor empowers leaders to build winning teams with paycor leaders can recruit onboard and train employees set goals and drive performance if you're a leader everyone depends on you who do leaders depend on paycor learn more at paycor.com slash leaders this team today has earned that notion to be the uh Chaotic Truth is, it is the team um, that I was real high on going into the season, and this is something that I I never thought that Jim Irsay would do, but he did, and let's go ahead and get our music going. And you already know where I'm going with the the Titanic music. And here we go. The chaotic truth is the Indianapolis Colts are a dumpster fire right now. And the reason why I say that that they are a dumpster fire, I've been hearing for the past several weeks that the, you know, the Indianapolis Colts were only a quarterback away from being in the AFC Championship game. They've had the roster. They've had the, they've had the coach, you know, they fired Frank Wright last week after the conclusion of the, uh, Patriots game, which they got smoked twenty six to three, and not only that, they fired the offensive coordinator the week before. The Indianapolis Colts did something that shouldn't have been done, but they did. I have nothing against Jeff Saturday. I believe he's a well. He was a sensational center for the Indianapolis Colts. Had a a good career. But to hire him as your interim head coach with no coaching experience outside of high school football was a big red flag. Jim Merce, I have a question for you though. Out of all the coaches that, that were on your staff, Gus Bradley, who's been head coach in this league, Reggie Wayne was there, and maybe a few other guys that were qualified. You went out and hired... Jeff Saturday. For to be your interim head coach. I know he's been a consultant. The last few years. But even. In the back of Jeff Saturday's mind. He has to be asking himself. How am I a candidate for this. And why me. Jeff Saturday is a. Was an analyst. For ESPN. For the last few years. And. He's he. I, I give him his props. He knows his stuff. He knows his you know. He knows his film. Knows you know. Knows football, but he doesn't have any head coaching experience outside of high school football. Now, let's let's look at this theoretically and logic. Let's just look at this from a logical standpoint. If Jerry Jones had done this, Jerry Jones would have talked all that. I have a boatload of confidence in, and, and, you know, this this guy. Uh, I think he's going to be real good for, you know, for this organization. going to be a real good asset. And, you know, the guys are going to love him. And I love him right now just in here talking about him. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. And I know that the Indianapolis Colts fan base is shaking their heads right now. It has been a complete disaster. And the chaotic truth is... The Indianapolis Colts are going to blow this team up. I kid you not. And that first order of business is hiring a head coach. Now, I believe that the Rooney Rule still is a blessing and a curse for minority head coaches. Reason why? These GMs and owners do not know hardly Any minority coaches around the league. They don't even hardly know the ones that's on their staff. It's sad, man. It's it's really sad. If this wasn't the good old boys club make it, you know, finding loopholes, then I don't know what that was. As we always say, a minority head coach in this league, if he doesn't look the part of knowing how to call plays. Game planning and making adjustments—they don't get the part, they don't get the job. But they go get this young hotshot head coach who is, oh, he's he's a young and up and coming coach. You know, he's he knows we he knows his analytics. I I grew up in an era of football where it was X's and O's. You can coach or you can't. We've gotten to a point. That analytics are being used way too much in sports. As we've seen in baseball. Older managers are winning games. They're not relying too much on analytics. I've seen this in the NFL the last few years. And it drives me crazy. Because the great Rex Ryan said on ESPN a few years ago. Analytics it's either you can you coach or you can't. X's and O's and uh, analytics is just an, another term to appeal to the the to the millennials because everybody has got technology now. I'm not saying analytics are all that bad, but if you rely too much on them, then that tells me you can't coach. That tells me a whole lot about you as a as a human being, as far as being a coach in a co- collegiate or in professional. The Indianapolis Colts, to me, I think hiring a head coach with, you know, accountability, Frank Wright got the benefit of the doubt. But since Andrew Luck abruptly retired in 2019, this team has failed and underachieved on many levels. Had a 40 year old Phillip Rivers in 2020, won 11 games, got to the playoffs. You lost to the Buffalo Bills. 2021. You bring in Carson Wentz. That was a Frank Wright move. He thought he can fix him. But what did Carson Wentz do? Only lose two games that pretty much doomed their playoff hopes against the Raiders and then get, you know, which is a double digit favor against the, you know, on the road in Jacksonville. The Colts season was done the day that Jim Ursay uttered the words Carson Wentz. I said to myself, this Coast team's not going anywhere. I still believed in the roster, bringing in Matt Ryan. But my God, that offensive line is terrible, and you're not running the football. Jonathan Taylor has been in and out of the lineup. This offensive line is bad. This defense is horrible, man. Horrible. Horrible. And you expect me to believe that this team was a Super Bowl contender? I had to sell my stock, man. I believed in the Colts. But after the first three or four weeks, I was like, God, this is just ugly. I can't do it. But the chaotic truth is, the Indianapolis Colts are going to clean house. They just got to find a head coach. If they're smart, I would interview Eric Bieniemy on your be a hot commodity on your list. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's in San Francisco, the defensive coordinator. His name is going to come up in these head coaching uh, positions next year. Um, you still got Anthony Lynn's out there who had success in the NFL. How's that working for the Chargers right now? You fire Anthony Lynn because he couldn't make adjustments. Then you hire Brandon Staley. He don't look like he knows what he's doing. The Indianapolis Colts have failed to run with the rest of the AFC. All the horses in the stable felt like they've done, their legs are tired. The injury bug hit them. You've got Matt Ryan there. Whether Matt Ryan is the quarterback next season, who knows? You need to rebuild this team. Chris Ballard, they've invested a lot of resources on the defensive side of the ball, and they have not got the results. You've got a team that was primed and ready to make a deep playoff run, and you failed. You're 0 for 3. 2020, 2021, and this season feels like it's a wash. It, it, it's a wrap. You're, you're not making the playoffs. You're going to have a high draft pick, and I have a feeling for a strange, strange feeling If you don't take a quarterback, I have a feeling you'll probably take Marvin Harrison Jr., the receiver from Ohio State, who his dad, Marvin Harrison Sr., played with Peyton Manning and spent his entire career in Indianapolis and won a Super Bowl with in 2006. Do I see the Colts making a draft pick like that? I do. And they can go get their quarterback in the second round because there's going to be plenty of quarterbacks to choose from. You're going to have the likes of Hendon Hooker, uh, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, uh, Bryce Young in Alabama. You're gonna have you're, you're gonna have your pickings for quarterbacks. But if Marvin Harrison Jr. is there when you pick in the first round, I believe that's the player they'll take. They'll start there with the receiver, and will go get their quarterback in the second or third round if the likes of a, a CJ Stroud is still there or Bryce Young. Who knows, Hendon Hooker may fall in their laps. Who who knows? Anything can happen in the college football playoff, and you've got quarterbacks that are going to be premium picks in rounds two, three, four, maybe a fifth-round pick that you can develop. But, but the Colts, you've got to really, really evaluate your coaching staff. You really do. I don't know who you'll hire, But I think you should look into interviewing Eric bien the offensive coordinator from the Kansas City Chiefs. And D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator from the San Francisco 49ers. And then go from there. Don't go out and mess this up. Because this is on Chris Ballard. Jim Ursay gave him the boatload of confidence that he's going to be back next year as the GM. Jim Ursay, for what it's worth, wanted Jeff Saturday there to be his best friend coach that he can you know go have a beer or two with or, a, or during the week you know talk about life and stuff other than football here's why I'm not a fan of those kind of you know relationships if I'm a head coach my job is to coach communicate with the front office but I'm not trying to be best friends with anybody in that organization you bring me I'm, I'm here to coach prepare this team every week Get, make sure that my coaching staff is doing their job. I'm there to do a job, not be your best friend. That's some of the issues that I see in the NFL and the NBA. And it's a bad trend that's been going on for the past several years. If you're winning and you're competing week in and week out and competing for championships, it's okay to go out and have you know, a round of drinks or whatever the case may be. But during the regular season, I'm not trying to be your best friend you're my boss. I'm not your, you know, your your BFF and all that. That's one of the reasons why I feel coaches don't have that much control or power within organizations. There's too many friendships. You can build business relationships, but you don't want to get too comfortable. Cuz once you get too comfortable and you start slacking, the the they're going to point the finger at you. They're not going to point the finger at themselves. They're going to point the finger at you because you're the head coach. You've got your responsibilities of making sure this team is prepared to play every week. That's the kind of coach Jim Irsay wants. Frank Wright, for what it's worth, they went to, to play had two playoff appearances in 2018 and in 2020. Because I think they missed the playoffs in 2019. So two out of the f- four and a half years he was the head coach, they went to the playoffs. Frank Wright, for what it's worth, is probably going to be an offensive coordinator next year for another team. Unless he decides to take a year off and kind of reestablish himself as a coach, a head coach maybe. But if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, the two names I mentioned are the, are the two guys you should really consider. consider Whether they hire, hire them or not, that's yet to be seen. But the chaotic truth is, Indianapolis coach, you did this a little shady, and it's been well documented over the last several days that hiring Jeff Saturday with no head coaching experience and coaching high school football, where he has a, I think they said he was a three and sixteen record. So what does that tell you about you know his head coaching you know expertise? It's one thing if you play the game and you study it, but far as coaching it from an analyst perspective. It doesn't usually work out too well. I'm not saying that Jeff Saturday is going to be a bad interim head coach, but the simple fact of the matter is, Jim Ursay didn't really, really look at this situation and say, "I've got guys on my staff right now that can fill the you know the interim tag until the end of the season." I knew this this firing was coming, you know, two or three weeks ago, whenever they uh, benched. Matt ryan in favor of Sam ellinger and it hasn't been it's been little to the imagination of desire but the Indianapolis colts to me used to be they used to be that one team that would kind of stick around and you know they they give you a little bit of a scare but this team is 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 done for 2022 it is it's the chaotic truth for this week. I just hope for the sake of the organization and the fan base that you know they make the right hire with their next coach because if they don't we're gonna be sitting here midway through the 2023 season having this same discussion again okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry ooh a book club computer Solitaire huh Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. were by law. 18 plus. and conditions apply. See website for details. That's all the chaotic truth for today. The chaotic truth is we're going to get to my favorite, favorite part. Of the show, and that is our NFL week picks for week ten. Kind of hard to believe. Week one, we was it was overreaction, and then throughout the course of the last nine weeks or so, we're starting to see the playoff cont- uh, contenders and pretenders starting to take place. And I hope to have my list ready in the next few weeks. For the pretenders and contenders for the 2022 NFL playoff field. But, let's go ahead and get into our picks of the week. First off, we had our Thursday night game between Carolina and Atlanta from Charlotte, North Carolina. Carolina won that game, surprisingly. I picked Atlanta to win twenty-nine to twenty. The highlight of the game was Baker Mayfield headbutting teammates without his helmet on. Baker Mayfield, I hope you don't end up in concussion protocol because that was stupid. The Atlanta Falcons was fell behind early and then they rallied, but sloppy conditions. It was ugly. It wasn't a real entertaining game for Thursday night. Our Thursday night football games have been hit and miss, ladies and gentlemen. I ain't even going to lie. We've only had maybe two good games on Thursday night football that's been entertaining, and that was the Chargers and Chiefs week two, I believe, week two or three, and then with the uh, Arizona Cardinals and New Orleans Saints. That was an entertaining game. And I know that the NFL, when they make these schedules out, we don't know what the teams are going to look like. We just are excited that there's football on Thursday nights because that's what we live for. NFL fans, that's what we live for. It's football. You know, Sunday, Monday, Thursday. And now we're getting into games being flexed after this week. And we'll have some Saturday night games here. Weeks, you know, 16, 17, and 18. We're going to have some Saturday night football games. It's going to get real tight. It's going to get real interesting. But I felt that that game was really boring. Moving on to the game, which was played over in Germany between the Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it was an interesting matchup for Tampa Bay. Maybe the trip to Germany is what they needed. Seattle, we knew, was coming in, playing really good football. I had picked the Bucks to win 20-15. to The final score was 21-16. So, a big win for Tampa Bay on the road on foreign soil in Germany. Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things and Geno Smith would not go away. Pete Carroll could be the coach of the year. Geno Smith, comeback, uh, comeback player of the year. Kenneth Walker in running for the offensive rookie of the year. The Seattle Seahawks are still in the first place in the NFC West. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are starting to find their niche right now. That's the one team that I, that I feel right now could can, uh, can be a problem and here's why tom brady is going to look like psycho tom here for long psycho tom being that alter ego that just goes into just goes into whatever zone and you you can't rattle his catches once he's zeroed in on trying to embarrass you, it, you that's the one player you do not want to run up against in a late game situation as i said earlier in the show the Cowboys and Buccaneers would be an interesting matchup. But, in a playoff game, that's the last quarterback I want to go up against. And for it to kick off a run to the Super Bowl. Seattle made it a game. But in the end, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. delivered for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and get them to 5-5 five and five on the 2022 season. Next game, which I went back and forth on, the Buffalo Bills hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Josh Allen got the start today, and the Buff and the Minnesota Vikings playing some really good football. I ain't gonna lie, I went back and forth this game because something about Minnesota and Kirk Cousins this year is different. Buffalo is struggling to put teams away early. Josh Allen has been inconsistent, at the least, remote in remotely time moment in time. But you've got Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, Naheem Himes, Devin Singletary. The defense has got Von Miller, Jermaine Edmonds. You you you've got to win this game today. Minnesota, it was a big game for them. A, a road test game for them, I should say, against a, a, a very, very good Buffalo team. In the end, I've got the Buffalo Bills. Uh, excuse me. I went with the Minnesota Vikings winning this game. 31-27 to over the Buffalo Bills. I think Josh Allen's interceptions is a big concern the Minnesota Vikings defense is pretty good Kirk Cousins to me is still a decent quarterback but when you have to play him at on a Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night game he's not that good and this to me this game between Buffalo and Minnesota feels like a, a game in which could go either way And I went with the Minnesota Vikings only because I think that their run game is a little bit better. Defense is a little bit better. Kevin O'Connell has done a a sensational job so far as the head coach. But Josh Allen and that elbow injury is a cause for concern and the interceptions. I had the Vikings winning 31-27 over the Buffalo Bills. Our next game is Chicago Bears hosting the Detroit Lions. The Chicago Bears have optimism going into, you know, the rest of the season into next year. They're running the football very effectively. Justin Fields looking sensational. They've got Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, uh, Darnell Mooney. They just added Chase Claypool. This Bears team has optimism, you know, for building something. You you may have found your franchise quarterback. The only question is the head coach. Eddie Jackson still a pretty good, um, still a good corner. Now, he's a very good corner. They just traded away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. This defense, you know, they, they gave Miami a run for it last week and nearly won. But you're playing the Detroit Lions today. Detroit would do Detroit things. I like the Bears in this game. The Bears give me Chicago winning convincingly 38-23 to over the Detroit Lions. And get themselves, the Bears put themselves as a team in the hunt for a playoff spot. Because that's the team right now as we sit that's gonna play spoiler once we get to week fifteen and sixteen, as early as week fourteen. So that's the team that I'm watching closely as we get through the second half of the season. Can they continue to build build some momentum? Because they've got they've got it. They've 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 got themselves right now. They've you've got your quarterback. You've got Justin Fields. He's got the best, probably the highest ceiling right now out of the quarterbacks from last year's draft class. I believe the Bears can sneak in there as the seventh seed in the NFC playoff field. I believe they can. They may need a little bit of help, but if they keep running the football the way they've had, I believe the Chicago Bears can be in the playoffs Whether they win a game or not, I don't know, depending on the matchup. But they are going to be a team to watch over the next eight weeks. Chicago, 38. Detroit, 23. Moving on to the Tennessee Titans taking on the Denver Broncos from Nissan Field in Nashville, Tennessee. The Titans feeling pretty good about themselves knowing that they played a very competitive game. Against the Kansas City Chiefs, the Broncos are coming into town. No Bradley Chubb. Is Nathaniel Hackett going to remain the head coach after the season, or within the next few weeks? Russell Wilson. They won. They won over in over in London and beat the Jaguars. The verdict is still out on Nathaniel Hackett as far as being a head coach in the National Football League. The Denver Broncos, as a team, are likely not making the playoffs. The Tennessee Titans, this feels like a Derrick Henry game. Ryan, uh, yeah, Ryan Tannehill was starting today. I think that the Derrick Henry run game is going to be too much for this Denver Broncos team to overcome, but with, with no Bradley Chubb. Russell Wilson will throw at least an interception or two sometime during the game. Tennessee is better coached. Mike Vrabel will have this team ready to play. I like the Titans in this game. I like the Titans to easily win 34-24 over the Denver Broncos. Moving on to our next game, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Eh, this game... It shouldn't be a letdown game for the Chiefs. I mean, Jacksonville's not like a team that's gonna beat you, you know, through the air or through on the ground. You know, they got some pretty good de- they got a pretty good defense. You know, Doug Peterson, uh, a, 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 a savant of uh, Andy Reid to come from the Andy Reid coaching tree, I believe. And I'll I'll say this much: the Chiefs. This is a get-right game for them. This is a get right game for them to, you know, get their offense going. And cold weather conditions. Probably about, you know, 35 degrees, maybe 40 degrees high in Kansas City right now. I think that they win this game. I think they make up for leaving points on the field last week against Tennessee. Patrick Mahomes is not going to throw the ball 68 times. They're going to get the ball rolling. The run game is going to get going a little bit. Give me the Chiefs went 38-21 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Moving on to another game that was it was, I went back and forth with the Miami Dolphins hosting the Cleveland Browns. The Dolphins got a little bit of a scare last week in Chicago. They they won 35-32 to of the Chicago Bears. Tyreek Hill has already done eclipsed over a thousand yards through ten games. Jalen Waddle's number I think he's number four, if I'm not mistaken. This Miami offense is really good. Mike McDaniels has done a very good job in his first season. Might as well be the Miami uh, 49ers because the you're seeing some of the the play calling from Mike McDaniels that you saw. With Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. The defense is still. It's a bend but don't break defense. The only concern I have. Is Tua. Because there were some throws that I went back and watched. Where they were up and then they fell right back down. And if you have to play in cold weather Buffalo. Here for long. You're going to have to have that run game. So to have to pay dividends. Because his arm is doesn't seem like it's strong enough to really push the ball downfield when you have to play in cold weather. Credit, you got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kazeski, pretty good offensive line, you got a real good run game. But the glaring hole is still Tua, your quarterback. That's gonna be a cause for concern for me if I'm the Miami Dolphins. You've got Teddy Bridgewater as the backup. But this comes down to execution and, schema- and scheme whenever we get, never we get ourselves closer to the playoffs. Cantua win big games. He's already done it against, you know, Baltimore and the concussion game against Buffalo, which he shouldn't have been playing. But the Dolphins are in a pretty good spot right now. They just have to run the tables and let the chips fall where they may. As for Cleveland, it, there's not much to be said about the Cleveland Browns. There's not. That, that's a team that's just, they are who they are. They're, they're a complete dumpster fire that you can see all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio. Give me the Miami Dolphins to win 34-23 to 23 over the Cleveland Browns. Next game. The New York Giants hosting the Houston Texans from MetLife Stadium. I went back and forth with this game in all honesty. The Giants they're playing good ball right now. You know Saquon Barkley looking pretty good. Daniel Jones he's playing solid. Defense is really good. I'm still I'm still trying to figure out Daniel Jones to an extent ladies and gentlemen. Are they a playoff team? I believe that they are. But if you had to rely on Daniel Jones to make a play with his arm, it's not going to happen. It's Saquon or bust for the New York Giants. The Houston Texans, on the other hand, they're going to compete. We've seen that. Just because their, their record, they've got one win. You shouldn't overlook that if you're any opponent moving forward. The Houston Texans are they're, they got Damian Pierce as the running back, Davis Mills. Um Brandon Cooks, disgruntled as he is right now, was not traded at the trade deadline because of the eighteen million dollar guarantee for 2023. As I was reading today, he had his the the captain's patch, you know, removed off his jersey because of things he said about the organization during the whole trade discussions and all that nevertheless it's the Houston Texans this game's probably going to be close through at least 3 quarters it's going to go back and forth yeah excuse me i like the giants in this game give me the new york giants 28 to 21 over the Houston Texans moving on to The Steelers and the Saints game. I know a lot of people were high on Pittsburgh. And they were high on the New Orleans Saints. But neither team season has went the way it was initially planned. Quarterback carousel. Injuries. If it ain't one thing, it's another. But these teams. I I, I went with the Steelers. I think the Steelers, you know, Mike Tomlin, you hate to pick against him. But I. I one thing I will say about Mike Tomlin, the man has, has not had a losing season. I like the Steelers over the Saints. The Saints' defense is above average. Their offense is struggling. The only thing they have working in their favor is playing the NFC South. <sighs> Excuse me. Nevertheless, I like the Steelers. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers 23-6 or the New Orleans Saints. Moving on to my beloved Dallas Cowboys coming off of a bye week. The return to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers at the right moment in time. My Cowboy's coming off of a bye after, you know, putting up 49 points against the Chicago Bears. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me, y'all. The Green Bay Packers losing games right now. Aaron Rodgers just looks a mess. This Packers team is a mess. The Cowboys, this is the first trip to Lambo since 2016 in which Zeke and Dak were rookies and we won 30-16. to 16. But the weather was a little bit better. It was a little bit warmer. We played the Packers the last time. The weather is going to be in the mid-30s just for kickoff here in about 15 minutes or so. Micah Parsons is hungry, ladies and gentlemen. I believe Micah is going to have a field day against Aaron Rodgers in his offensive line. Trayvon Diggs is going to have a couple of interceptions. Ezekiel Elliott is likely ruled out for today's game with the knee injury. They're going to buy him a little bit more time to make sure that knee's good to go and likely try to play at Minnesota next week or possibly the Giants the week after that. Nevertheless, this is a this is a a game that Cowboys fans have been looking forward to, especially myself. As we all know, the last time the The Cowboys played a game, and it was a playoff game, and it's one of my worst memories as a Cowboys fan, the Dez Caught It game, in which was ruled an incomplete pass because it wasn't a football move. Since then, I've had a disdain for Aaron Rodgers. This is a homecoming for Mike McCarthy. He was talking in his presser earlier this week and got a little emotional, you know, when they asked him about, you know, what, how did he feel about going back to Green Bay and, you know, facing his former team. And he got to talk about the, you know, business relationships he built there, his kids being born there. And I think the guys in that locker room know how special this game is today. Despite the Green Bay Packers record, this team needs to go in there and take care of business. And I believe we will. Tony Pollard would have another breakout game. C.D. Lamb's going to have... Uh, I want C.D. Lamb to have a good game. I want Michael Gallup to get involved. I want Noah Brown to get into this offense. I think that the tight end set with uh, Hendershot and Ferguson is going to pay dividends today. This offensive line should play fairly well today. All of us working in our favor... Do not allow the Green Bay Packers to to score early. Do not let them build confidence. Play clean football. Consistent play calling. Eliminate the penalties, the pre-snap penalties, at the on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, get after Aaron Rodgers. The playoffs, the Packers' playoff hopes end today against my Dallas. Cowboys I would love to see Mike McCarthy win this game today because I know he's going to be emotional but he knows he has to you know go in there and get a win because now it's go time coming off of a bye week it's going to be a a fairly I say the first quarter and a half is going to be pretty it should be swung in Dallas's favor with that being said, give me the Dallas Cowboys in convincing fashion. 38 to 13. 38-13, the Cowboys improve to let's see yes, 7 and 2 on the season. Improved to 7-2. Moving on to the the game that's going to be comical. For the most part. I, I I looked at this game. And I had picked one team. To win. But once the injury report came out. That the Raiders were going to be without. Devontae Adams. Hunter Renfro. Josh Jacobs. And Darren Waller. I said to myself. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. This Raiders team, it can't get any worse from here. The Colts, as I stated in the chaotic truth, is will have Jeff Saturday as interim head coach. This game will be a bad display of football. It's going to be comical. It will be a fireable offense if Josh McDaniels loses, which he likely will. And the Oakland, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders will be looking to their coaching staff for interim head coach. For everything that Derek Carr has been through, he has been playing well. This team has failed to really get the ship going in the right direction. Josh McDaniels had Tom Brady for a better portion of his career, his coaching career in New England as the offensive coordinator. He is not the head coach for the job. Everybody in the dog said that Josh McDaniels was not going to pan out with the Raiders. This team is a mess. They've blown leads in the game to lose. A head coach that doesn't know what he's doing. A defense that's just really, its it bends and then it breaks and it just keeps breaking. I'm going with a very low scoring game with this. I am going to take the Indianapolis Colts. To win this game nineteen to ten over the Las Vegas Raiders and what could be Josh McDaniels' last game as the head coach within the next twenty four hours, he would be out. Moving on to another game which I went back and forth on. It is an NFC West showdown between Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. Los Angeles Rams are in trouble. The Arizona Cardinals are in trouble. Both teams would be out their be without their starting quarterbacks and Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. Kyler Murray, there's a reason why they put the the clause in his contract. There is a reason why they put that study clause in there because when he snaps the ball, it just it just looks like he's playing a video game. I think he has more interest in playing, you know, Call of Duty more than, you know, studying his playbook. Cliff Kingsbury looks like he's probably gonna be out at the end of the season. This team is a hot mess. We saw the clip of Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins on the sideline going at each other's throats, you know, far as trying to figure out who was supposed to do what. I think DeAndre Hopkins has grew tired of Kyler Murray. I think this team has grew tired of Kyler Murray, but they paid him his money to keep him. Cliff Kingsbury is not a head coach either. Sean McVay and the Rams, on the other hand, the defending Super Bowl champions, I give them the benefit of the doubt for this game. I picked the Rams to win this game. Sean McVay is a better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. For whatever reason, do not expect this to be a high-scoring game. Do not expect this game to... Whoever can score 23 points will win the game. With that being said, give me the Los Angeles Rams to win 23-20 to over the Arizona Cardinals. To our Sunday night game, this is going to be a fun one. This will be a fun game because... We've got the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Los Angeles Chargers from Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. The 49ers are starting to get healthy. Debo Samuel is going to play tonight. Christian McCaffrey may have found his role in this team. This offensive line. You've got George Kittle, one of the premier tight ends of football. Pretty, pretty good defense led by Nick Bosa. The has played a lot better than what I initially thought they were going to play. Kyle Shanahan is a masterful offensive mind outside of the great Andy Reid. Justin Herbert, as good as he is, and I love Justin Herbert. One of the young premier talents we have in the NFL. The Chargers would do Chargers thanks tonight. They're not going to be able to Move the ball downfield. This defense is probably going to keep him in the game for as long as they can. But at the end of the day, I trust Kyle Shanahan more than Brandon Staley. The Chargers are still in the in the playoff race, and they're in second place in the AFC West. But Justin Herbert is only one player. I mean, they've got Darwin James. Asante Samuel Jr., Khalil Mack on defense. I don't know if Joey Joey Bosa is playing tonight or not. No, that's Nick Bosa's brother. Joey plays for the Chargers. I like San Francisco in this game. If Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, please do not lose this game. For whatever reason, do not lose this game. As I've been saying for the past several weeks, Jimmy G is the only player that can keep this team from getting to the Super Bowl. got the perfect roster. You got the perfect head coach. Only thing you got to do out is do it. You have to go out and win games and, you know, put the ball in Christian McCaffrey's hands, Debo Samuels, you know, get the run game going. That helps you out quite a bit. I like the Niners in this game. Give me 31-21 over the Los Angeles Chargers. To the Monday night game. An NFC East matchup. The hated rival. Philadelphia Eagles hosting. The Washington Commanders. I have not done an upset of the week. In several weeks. The Philadelphia Eagles. Have worked my last nerve. I. I can't stand this fan base. They think what Jalen Hurts is doing has never been done before. On on pace, quote-unquote, to pass for over 4,000 yards and have 36 touchdowns. Really? It's been done before. Dak done it last year. There's been quarterbacks in the past who've done it. But they act like Jalen Hurts is the best thing walking since a slice of bread was created are made and shipped in low and load uh, and ship to the grocery stores. The Philadelphia Eagles, your day of reckoning is coming, and I'm going to keep saying it because your road to 17 and 0 is not happening. You're going to have a loss or two between now and the end of the regular season. I believe Taylor Heineke is starting tomorrow night for the Commanders. The commanders won. Have won two other last three games. They beat the Colts. beat the Packers. But then they let one get away last week against Minnesota. And they've all, actually three out of their last four because they beat the Bears, Packers, and uh, yeah, Bears and Packers and the oh, I just I just said I can't think off the top of my head. I went I went back a little bit too far, but the 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 commanders are on a nice little. Nice little run right now. I believe they run the ball against Philadelphia. I believe they will. Tayshaun Gibson. Got Terry McLaurin. If this Washington defense can get pressure on Jalen Hurts. I am going to make a bold upset. I am taking the Washington Commanders to upset the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football at the link nationally televised game in a very competitive game, give me the Washington Commanders 24-16 to 16 over the hated division rival Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, you heard it here on my show. The Washington Commanders will hand the Philadelphia Eagles their first loss. And I'm here for it. Because when they lose, rest assured, I've got a big surprise playing for them on my show. All their little fans, you know, they're getting on my nerves. It's free real estate for Cowboys fans. Because they can't stop dreaming about us, thinking about us, nor talking about us. But just as soon as you spit facts at them about their team and, you know, real fans who watch football, they get in their feelings. And rightfully so. They don't like it when somebody, you know, breaks down film and stats to them like a real fan should. I'm here for it. Washington, please don't let me down tomorrow night. Please let the Eagles have their first loss. Please let them have their first loss. I am the only time I'm probably gonna pick the commanders. Cause I'm not if I'd have picked the lesser of the two, it's Washington. I'm not picking Philly. I hate Philly. I hate the Eagles in general. I hate that Fly Eagles Fly song. I, I hate that fight song. I hate it with every ounce of energy in my body. I hate the Philadelphia Phillies fan base. They're obnoxious. They're annoying. They're rude and classless. This is the same fan base that had that eight horse manure off the streets when they won a Super Bowl in twenty seventeen. I can't make this stuff up, folks. You can go back and you can Google it, but just a disclaimer, it if you're if it's it's disgusting. Trust me, it's disgusting. But when you try to tell them of their own behavior, they get mad. But I don't care. I'm a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm gonna speak the truth about the Philadelphia Eagles. Your day of reckoning is coming, and it could be tomorrow night. You're you're bound to lose. You struggled against the one win Texans. One win Texans. You could be beat. You're beatable. It's coming. I'm here for it. Because when it happens, I'm going to leave my show off with it. I we're going to celebrate a Eagles loss at their expense. Who knows? I may you know. Get some balloons and put them around my house, like if it was a birthday party, because that's what it's gonna feel like. Because all you keep talking about is December twenty fourth, December twenty fourth, December twenty fourth. We ain't thinking about December twenty fourth, Cowboys Nation, but the Eagles keep talking about December twenty fourth. Because whenever we get to December twenty fourth, we're gonna see who we're we're gonna put it. We're gonna so we're gonna celebrate our Christmas holiday break the right way. At their expense by beating them. But for now, let's keep our fingers crossed that the Washington Commanders will take care of business tomorrow night against the Philadelphia Eagles 24 16. To our Thursday night game, our week 11 kickoff Tennessee traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers. I like the Titans. Give me the Titans to go to Green Bay and put Nell in a coffin on the Packers season on Thursday Night Football from Lambeau Field And what will be Aaron Rodgers. I didn't play; I played well, but everybody else didn't. Press conference as usual, and then he'll go on the Pat McAfee show talking about how he, you know, this, 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 and this is everybody else's fault but his. Give me the Tennessee Titans. 28-13 28 to 13 over the Green Bay Packers on Thursday Night Football for our Week 11 uh, kickoff. That is all the picks we have for this week. That is all the chaos I have for this week. Go back and make sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, make sure I didn't miss anything on my on my uh oh our our recap from Week Nine. A lot of games. You know, outside of the Bears and the the Dolphins game, that was that was interesting. Um, Bills and, and Jets, I you know I discussed that one. You know the Colts and their they're misfiring on offenses. It, it just clearly shows you that it wasn't the offensive coordinator's fault. Uh, Frank Wright, uh, good luck to him trying to find another coaching job. You know, next off season. Um, we're getting into the the dog days of this of the season ladies and gentlemen we are going to see what happens with the college football playoff a lot at stake over the next two weeks of college football the game I'm most intrigued about next weekend and shout out to my great teammates. Uh, Barry Grant Jr. from the All Even podcast who was also our co-founder and Ryan Flowers from Clutch Sports Talk had a, he had a great NFL Sunday morning show. If you uh, his show will get you ready for the your Sunday morning picks, if you know, the point spread and everything on the on the games. But USC and UCLA play next Saturday. I tweeted out that this is a validation game for Lincoln Riley. This is the reason. The Trojans. Brought in. Lincoln Riley to win these kind of football games. USC. It, to me in general. They need one of the top four teams in the college football playoff. To lose one game to. Have a glimmer of hope. I believe they will. It's going to be a pretty good matchup. Because. I would take the, the USC Trojans to win that game. If they were to lose, they can forget about the college football playoff. But they, I believe, they will take care of business against UCLA next week, and then Notre Dame the following week. As I always say at the end of my show, please make sure your mental health is in a safe space. Make sure you are doing well emotionally. Physically and intimately, be sure that you are safe and you're staying warm. I know here in my city we had snow showers Friday night into Saturday morning. It was it was pretty cold. A snuck in unannounced, but welcome to the lovely Midwest where it's the weather is unpredictable this time of the year. Let's go ahead and End the show on a right note, ladies and gentlemen. If anybody hasn't told you today that they love you, I love you. I may not know you from Adam, but I do believe that you are valued, and you are worthy, and you are appreciated for everything that you do. I believe in my heart of hearts that a lot of sacrifice comes in to play and relationships as well as business, you know, ventures. A whole lot of, you know, feelings are involved. And at the end of the day, you have to make decisions that are best for you. And to all those who are listening and, you know, supporting the Grid Sports Podcast Network, we greatly appreciate it. And if you haven't subscribed, please do because you're missing out on a lot of great content. A lot of great content. We have some some phenomenal creators, myself included. Um, we've got stuff that you know a lot of people like to listen and you know try to dissect. We've got you know if you we've got the march on the website on the grid website. If if you need some, want some marches, you know Christmas is around the corner. Swing by the the online store and and you know get you some you know we got hoodies, t shirts, long sleeve t shirts. We even got if you've got pets, you know, dogs, you got little, you know, little shirts and stuff for your dogs and to anybody who likes to cook, you know, we got, there's aprons with, you know, all the podcast shows on there, you know, it's, you know, support, support the movement is, you know, support the platform. Cause it's, you can't say, I didn't tell you. And I always, I say that because don't say that, you know, chaotic P or any of the, the grid teammates didn't tell you to the jump, you know, get on the wave. Cause we're it's it's we're gaining momentum right now and I, I'm excited because every each one of us is doing really well with our podcast. We are doing really well. So big shout out to all my teammates on the grid, to all the subscribers, all the listeners on YouTube and your podcasting platforms you have Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, subscribe to the grid. Please do help continue to you know help us gain momentum and steam cuz there's going to be some a lot of stuff coming up and I am here for it I am ready we're getting into the a little bit past the NFL season I know some of the guys are they're getting ready for you know some NBA stuff you know Bryson Ryan with the NFL Sunday morning Barry show uh um, Cowboys can fans, shout out to them if you have not watched your stream for a Cowboys game Check that out. You you are you are in for a real treat. Crack them if you got them, as they always say. Those guys are pretty sensational. They they love the Dallas Cowboys, and as a member of the grid, I'm I'm glad to have those guys on our team. So big shout out to them. Other than that, that's it. That's all the chaos, ladies and gentlemen. That's all the chaos I have for you this week. Please stay safe. Stay warm. Check on your loved ones this time of the year, and check on them throughout the week. I should say, you know, we're still battling mental health and seasonal depression. I know for myself, it's it's been hit and miss because with the time change, I when it gets dark, it feels like it should be later than what it looks. But I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm staying busy with online classes and the podcasts and. I'm getting ready for Christmas. I'm excited about that. I've got some Christmas gifts to wrap and you know I'm I'm staying I'm keeping myself busy and that's that's the main thing with you know individuals who battle mental health is you know you have to take time to rest, but you also have to take time to make sure that you're in a safe space in order to avoid that that layover, you know, falling into that, you know, that somber mood and with the weather and everything. I'm not a fan of cold weather, so it affects my knees and my lower back a little bit. But I have, you know, treatments for that. Take, you know, vitamins and supplements, you know, get you some Vicks Vapor Rub to rub on your, your joints and uh, your back and whatnot. It it, it does, it's just, it's just as good as uh, Icy Hot and um, uh, there's some other ointments out there, but do... Get you some Vicks Vapor. If you got some VIX vapor rub, that'd work just as fine. You'll probably feel a, a sensation and tingling, feeling like whatever, but it's got methanol in it and it's it's safe. So I use VIX Vapor Rub or my, my lower back and you know my knees from time to time and it works. So without further announcements, that is all, ladies and gentlemen. That is all of the of the chaos for today. Once again, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me today. Um, That's all I got. As I always say, I'm in the show right here. It's getting chaotic, y'all, and I'm here for it. Until next week, I'm your host, content creator, Patrick Brown. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. That's it, y'all. Y'all have a blessed day. Stay safe and warm. I love y'all. Until next week, peace out.